0: Austin recently uh, changed their policy on the homeless community, where they can pretty much set up shop anywhere uh, that is not private property. And I'm going to discuss that today, uh, kind of on the fence on whether I support this or not. We're going to talk about that and also what to do about my asshole racist neighbor Welcome to The Coffee Buzz. I'm Brad, and thank you for tuning in. I hope your day is going great. Um, we got more members at the Uh, It must be because I was waiving the annual dues. So welcome, Marcos and Gary. Yes, two stand-up guys right there. Um, Kim sent me a video this week, and it was all about the germs and in coffee makers um this study apparently found that half of coffee makers you know we're talking about like the classic basket and carafe kind had yeast or mold growing in their reservoirs and about one in ten uh were home to like uh bacterias on average They say the, this is so gross. They say that the coffee reservoirs had a higher germ count than both bathroom door handles and toilet seats. That's crazy. Uh, They say the best practice though is to clean the carafe and the lid um, daily with warm sudsy water. I don't do that. I I definitely just sort of rinse it out. (laughs) And... Uh, admission time here, but I've had this coffee maker a few years and I have never done a deep clean on it. Some people say that's why they like after they clean their coffee maker. Some people said that uh, they didn't get as sick, you know, as they were before. So they say you need to decalcify that bad boy (laughs) about once a month. Um, And I didn't know what that meant. So I had to look it up. So apparently you just fill the uh, the coffee maker like you would, you know, uh, you're gonna make a normal pot of coffee, and you put equal parts uh, vinegar and water, and so you filter that all through, uh, turn the coffee maker off and let it set for about 30 minutes. Yeah, but you got to run some some vinegar through that thing, or it starts to get bacteria because it's warm. It's damp. Uh, it's, I should have known. It's a breeding ground for bacteria. Um, but I just, and maybe I'm a slob, but I have not thought to clean my coffee maker since I got it uh, a few years ago now. So hopefully you're more <laughs> mindful of your coffee maker than I am. Um, when I get back from this run, I need to do a deep clean on uh, on the coffee maker here. Uh, I had to move my running app to the front page of my phone. That was <laughs> that was a big sign. And I find myself now, the more I run, the more I want to run. It uh, It's definitely like we were talking about a few weeks ago. It's got that addictive quality to it after a certain point. I discovered after working at my job for, gosh, over six years now, that um, they have showers uh downstairs by the mailroom. So I decided to take my running gear uh once or twice a week up there. And uh that way I've got more time in the morning to do other things. I'm not pressured to get out and run, you know, uh if I've got other things to do. But yeah, so I can lun- run on my lunch break. And uh last week I was going going around this uh neighborhood trail that's not too far from my from my office. And I was, I kind of went a little further than I needed to, so I needed uh, I need to get back quick, and so I decided to cross this creek, which is sort of in between buildings, and there's a lot of you know trees and wooded areas. It's so I'm running through this creek and. I come up on this homeless camp (laughs) and I I, I didn't see any people. I think they probably were sleeping. They were in the tents. But they had a grill out there. I mean, it was... uh, (laughs) They had the setup, you know what I mean? There was a couple of uh, shopping carts from the nearby uh, department store. And Austin is just a very homeless, friendly city. Uh, In my opinion, probably to a fault. They passed this new law that basically lets homeless people live where they want as long as it's not private property. I think that probably is going to get tested a bit. But around my office, which is kind of like the north side, I'm not downtown, I'm up sort of in the suburbs at the office, and there's quite a few like out on the street you could see homeless people set up but this was like a full on camping site with multiple people living there and uh, it's it's gotten to the point where the police can't even uh, search their tents without a, a, ser- a regular search warrant I know that nobody ever wants to be homeless and these people typically have some type of they've got some type of health issue, whether it's physical or mental. And there's a large portion of them that are actually veterans who have served their country, which to me is a tragedy, you know, that we, that we allow that to happen. I just, I wish I knew a way to do more about that, but I think for them to, to wind up in that situation, like we, we probably should give them more. We should, you know, do something, but I don't think that Austin has the answer here. It's hurting some of the local businesses. A lot of them are downtown. And it's interesting because I I work with pe- people that have actually never been to downtown Austin. And to me, that's that's kind of crazy. You know, you're right here and you don't go. You know, we're up just on the edge towards the suburbs. And so they never really have to venture out. But one of the reasons that they don't, I don't think adventure that way is they're afraid to get harassed by the homeless community because let's face it some of them are quite aggressive. Um I I actually was down there once. Uh, it was a couple of years ago now and I'm coming back from a dinner with some friends and I see a silhouette uh of a guy in the uh in the alley. And he looks to be throwing something, so uh, you know, I just kind of keep walking, and he hits me with a chicken bone of all things. Like he's just sitting there eating his chicken, and he's throwing bones at people. (laughs) And uh, for a split second, I thought, man, should I go mix it up with that guy? Like I wasn't going to fight him, but you know, just maybe give him uh, give him a piece of my mind. And Quickly, I decided not to because there's just no reason to challenge someone that has nothing to lose. So I didn't, I didn't confront him. I walked away and just, you know, whatever, let it go. <laughs> um, I've had to do that more lately just to where 10 years ago I would have been confrontational. I can't be as much of a as smart-ass as I used to be. <laughs> and sometimes it it's really hard for me to hold back. Um, I, I wanted to confront my neighbor over uh, something stupid he said a few weeks ago. I'm not going to use his real name. I'm just going to call him, we'll call him asshole for right now. In the five years I've known him, like his racism has just become sort of more and more prominent. Like He's getting comfortable around me. You know he is a very social guy, and when you first meet him, you think, "Man, this this guy's really nice." Like I don't agree with him on some of his world view or politics, but you know, deep down, he's a good guy. Uh, anytime I'm outside working on something, whether it's trimming the tree or you know putting in sod, whatever, he runs over, you know, and starts helping out. And at first, I thought, "Man, that's that's really." you know, that's cool of him to just help out anybody on the, on the street here. But (laughs) over the years, I've come to realize that he uses a new word I found out called reciprocity. He (laughs) does you a favor so that you're kind of in his debt, you know, like he, he, it's his in and he just starts Sort of doing that passive-aggressive thing over over the years, where he just makes racist comments. And most of the time, I'm fine with it. I mean, I will disagree with him. Uh, I, I'm not even going to go into the story, but while we were, while he was helping me lay sod, I've got some music on, and he starts just going off about you know things that are not true about minorities and. I, I argued with him. I mean, I didn't get it didn't get heated, but uh, you know, told him he was full of shit. But a couple of weeks ago, he crossed a line. Um, we're getting some new neighbors, which around here, you know, is is wow, big news. And um, my wife was talking to him. I wasn't out there, and he tells her that he hope it's he hopes it's not another Mexican family because. We're at our quota already on those. Something like that. And when she told me about this, oh my God, I wanted to go over there because he's right across the street. We see each other practically every day. And I wanted to just lay into him. And I I had to hold back. It would have made things awkward in this scenario because like I said, we see this guy every day. Yeah, I just, I couldn't... It blew my mind. I I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but he, to just attack her like that. And it's, I think most people are like this, where if he had insulted me, you know, said something directly about me, like, oh gosh, I hope it's not some guy from Arkansas that looks like he's, you know, from India. (laughs) I would have said whatever, man. But, you know, when you insult someone I love, my wife, you know, that's that crosses a line like we can't be friends <laughs> i'm sorry and so what i'm having to do and uh, i guess it's a sign of getting older but uh, i'm having to just not confront him on this you know the old saying like you can't say any if you can't say anything nice don't say anything at all that's sort of the approach i'm taking because if i were to just go over there and rip him a new ass he would retaliate you know He's the kind of guy that would hold a grudge and he would try to figure out some way to troll me. And not that I'm scared of that, like, you know, whatever. Uh, But it's just unnecessary negativity. It's funny because just this week, I'm listening to NPR and they had a a segment about how moods are contagious. And it really resonated with me and why I should probably just pretend this guy doesn't exist and cut him out because energy is contagious. Like people's energy, their mood. And I don't think by hanging out with asshole that I'm going to be, uh, I'm not going to become a racist, but I could certainly pick up his negativity and it's like secondhand smoke. You know what I mean? Because if I don't say something, whenever he makes a racist comment, I'm just going to come back home and just bitch about that and sit there and replay it in my head. And, Oh, what should I have said there? You know, that kind of thing. So it's just better to not deal with it at all. Uh, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of good at, you know, I know this sounds bad, but I keep a very strict social diet. I, I'm pretty good at icing people out whenever they, they can't, uh, when they don't have enough emotional intelligence, it's just, life's too short you know what i mean i have too many positive people around so why even bother with uh with someone that's at a lower vibration you know what i mean and and it's weird because humans mimic each other you know both mentally and physically i mean you think about yawning anytime i see someone yawn like a few seconds later i'm doing the same thing Uh, And there's actually a name for this. It's called uh, mirror neurons. Say that three times fast. (laughs) I'm not going to, but you should try. Uh, It's a response to the action that we see in others. And it occurs all throughout like the animal kingdom. We're very closely connected. We contract feelings just like we will a virus. And so when someone's toxic, um, I just have to let them go. All right, well, that's all I got. I uh, thank you for listening to me whine and complain (laughs) about my neighbor. I really appreciate you listening, and I will talk to you next week. Our Our family has been here for centuries, and yet they treat us as if we just swam across the Rio Grande. I mean, we got to know about John Wayne and Pedro Infante. We got to know about Frank Sinatra and Agustin Lara. We got to know about Oprah and Cristina. Japanese Americans, Italian Americans, German Americans. Their homeland is on the other side of the ocean. (laughs) Ours is right next door, right over there. And we got to prove to the Mexicans how Mexican we are. And we got to prove to the Americans how American we are. We got to be more Mexican than the Mexicans and more American than Americans both at the same time. It's exhausting. Bam! Nobody knows how tough it is to be a (sighs) Mexican-American. Well, Dad, you know, it's a good thing we have frijoles and tortillas to keep our strengths up for the job.